Are you in the spring or maybe the summer, the autumn or the winter? Should you be planting seeds for the future, deliberately practicing through the grind, celebrating your just rewards or resting, gathering strength, learning from and contemplating this go around ever better until next time? The truth is that the answer is in aggregate, all of the above. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be talking about the metaphor of seasons, or more importantly, how if used correctly, this mindset framework can calm your nerves, set your expectations straight, and ultimately lead you towards a greater, more nuanced understanding of how your life really works, how life in general works. I know most of you who listen to MentorBox are here because you want practical takeaways, how-tos, and do this tomorrow's. Change my life immediately, you say, etc. And a lesson on the metaphor of the seasons sounds like some frilly poetry BS, right? Well, sure, maybe it sounds like that, but it isn't. And also, you're wrong. Metaphors are the most powerful invention of human beings, in my opinion, because they allow us to teach and learn across cultures. And first off, just to be clear, so we know what we're referring to, spring is for planting seeds for the future. Summer is for growing and maintaining. Autumn is for harvesting. And winter is for hibernation, though also rebirth. That last one is tricky since the whole cycle is by definition, well, a cycle, a circle. There doesn't seem to be a beginning. Though generally the debate, if there is a debate, is between winter and spring for the beginning. Though I think the whole discussion is actually a bit lofty for my take here. Winter is death, so it should be the last, of course. But also from that death, that metaphorical chaotic black nothingness springs all birth. Let there be light the Big Bang, etc. You can choose your own frame. But really, in my humble, though completely guessing opinion, there are three actual seasons and then a general blackness, which no one understands because how could we possibly? But for the purposes of this discussion, I'm going to put winter at number four since it's most easily defined as the season of death. So spring is planting and birth, summer is growth, Autumn is harvest, and winter is death. Easy enough. The metaphor is obvious, but let's unpack it nonetheless. 
Let's take an elite runner, just because I've studied the subject. In any given year, a runner usually optimizes for one major race, like the Olympics, for example. And everything after that is a setup. The spring is a long base building phase, whereby the runner doesn't push themselves nearly as hard as they will later in the year, but does put in a ton of miles to build general strength, setting the stage for later. Then she'll go through a conscious growth period, pushing herself with sprints and time trials and intervals. Very on purpose, she is here, growing all the way. Then for the race, there's a very specific tapering to lead up to the race where you get your body just right, not too tired, not too chill, until finally the race comes. An all-out effort to win. And then naturally, a period of rest until starting all over again the next year. And with each cycle, she gets faster and faster and faster, learning more and more along the way. Until the next race. Same for bodybuilders. There's a general base building period, then a massive growth period, then a cut before the competition, and then rest for recovery. Until next season's event. Same for human life. The beginning of your life is setting the stage for your adulthood. Then your early adulthood is growing your skill sets and bank account and meaning necessary to retire into wisdom and security, where you harvest living a life of true contentment, meaning, wealth, and freedom. And then you grow old, forcibly resting, and then we die. Until your next life, or until heaven, or until you're decomposed and eaten by the new trees, whatever you happen to believe. Same for your career. You begin with just a spark of an idea, maybe a few classes or a mentor, a dream. Then the long, slow grind of perfecting your craft. Then finally, you land that dream job because you're good enough, because you deserve it, because you've made it. Then you become the mentor, resting, watching, and helping the next generation move the needle. Now you're a statesman with a legacy until the next inventor builds upon what you previously created. Same for your family. First, you're pregnant. Then they grow while you take care of them. Then you exist together as peers almost, grandchildren now in tow. Then they take care of you as you rest and fall apart until the next generation. Same for your day. Spring is your morning routine. How you begin is how you'll end, they say. Your to-do list, your momentum, ever planting the day's productivity seed. Then you work that grand middle, checking off the boxes, deliberately practicing. Then you've accomplished all you want to accomplish. You feel that satisfaction for having both worked hard and for a good purpose. You go out with your spouse and play with your children, fully contented, satisfied, until the night comes and you fall back into the abyss. Until tomorrow. Same for your goal. You name it, you birth it into existence, then you chip away at it, progressively getting closer and closer, better and better, until finally you accomplish that goal and feel the wash of accomplishment and joy for not only having finished your journey, but also for having reaped the rewards associated with that specific goal, be it financial or spiritual or physical, no matter. You know what it feels like to win. And for a bit, you bask in that glory. You sit on the porch and swing and call your friends and say, I did it. You rest in that feeling until the next rung of the ladder calls still. 
and it begins all over again. So admittedly, that was a lot of metaphor to explain a metaphor, but well, I already told you that I think it's the greatest invention ever, did I not? It therefore bears repeating, even if to ad nauseum. The point being that in all ways, in all contexts, and in all places in your life, you are always playing within a cycle, which again seems obvious, but only when you pull out of context every single individual metaphor. Because in aggregate, it gets a little muffled. For example, let's say you're a 45-year-old male semi-serious runner who has a big race in eight months and is getting married and therefore wants to look buff, who retired early on account of a few great investments, though hasn't even yet begun to start a family nor create a community legacy, and it's the morning of your fourth day into a coffee-less cleanse. Are you in the spring or maybe the summer? The autumn or the winter? Should you be planting seeds for the future? Deliberately practicing through the grind? Celebrating your just rewards? Or resting? Gathering strength? Learning from and contemplating this go-around? Ever better until next time. The truth is that the answer is in aggregate. All of the above. Always all of the above. You are always right now in your spring, summer, autumn, and winter, which is why we never think about life in this way because uncluttering the mess on the floor is difficult because it requires deconstruction and organization and self-awareness and also a bit of stoicism, which all that and all at once is difficult. So instead of acting correctly relative to our seasons, we confuse everything with everything else, making a mess of the whole lot. Instead, then, I contend, view each individual cycle of your life as a world unto itself. Let's take our betrothed, retired runner above as an example. With regards to his life, he's smack dab in the middle of the summer, 45 and counting. He should be obsessively learning and skilling up, becoming wise. For his running, eight months out, that's his spring. He should be base building. For his career, He's resting in the winter of his decisions before starting a new chapter after he figures out what to invest his money in. For his bodybuilding, he's almost there before his marriage, just before autumn. He should be cutting weight for the final show, therefore, the final harvest. And for his family, he's moving from the death of winter to the birth of spring, just getting started. For his legacy, for his cutting coffee, for his day, you should be able to do the math by now. The point is that if you can do the math, then do the math. Instead of getting your head all out of whack because you're upset that you're not perpetually in a state of intense harvesting in all areas of your life, acknowledge the seasons, revere them, know them, and most importantly, see them when they're staring in front of you. For each of your cycles, and especially when one of them is chiefly frustrating you, deconstruct its life cycle. Identify where you are within its confines. And then accordingly, if you should be resting, then rest. If you should be enjoying, then enjoy. If you should be plowing, then plow. If you should be planting and dreaming, then plant. And most importantly, forgive yourself for being in that precise season. For no season is better or worse. They are all simultaneously benign and tragic. 
If used incorrectly or hurried, you're sunk. Though if cherished and framed correctly, they are the answer. I hope that helped. Until next time, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.